Good morning to each one and a welcome <clears throat> to God's house as we worship together this morning. Two weeks ago, <clears throat> I uh, reached a message on building the kingdom of God with love as the foundation. <clears throat> Love is the foundation on which the kingdom of God is built. I'm going to just do a little bit of recapping on that message. The love of God in our hearts is the key to love others. Without love, there will be no compassion. Without compassion, there will be no action. If we want to be useful in the kingdom of God, we need to love him like no other, using our time, energy, talents, resources as instruments, tools that God blessed us with to bless others. Loving our neighbor, our enemy, as ourselves. And in doing this, we make them priority in our lives. We give them freely of our time, our energy, our talents, and resources willingly. And this, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, Jesus said in John. We looked at the Good Samaritan. This morning, <clears throat> two weeks ago, we talked about the Good Samaritan loving sacrificially, giving all he had. Jesus said to that, to that lawyer, go and do thou likewise. Christ's love is the key that starts the ability within us to love others as he loved us. And if we truly love, we will give freely, we will give freely of our time. This morning's message is building the kingdom of God with our time. <clears throat> What is time? What is time? I'd like to hear some answers. As I sat pondering on what is time, I realized I was wasting a lot of time. Time is hard to define. Time is hard to explain. Time cannot be seen. Only the things that we do in the time that we have is what can be seen. It's a moment or defined portion of time allotted, used or suitable for a purpose. Used. Is how you can recognize and see what was done in the time <clears throat> that you just spent. Another question I have for you this morning, do you all have a lot of time? Or do you feel like I do sometimes where you, well, I just don't have enough of time to get everything done that needs to be done in the time that I have? But I'm here this morning to tell you that every one of us have the same amount of time. And, you know, a day equals 24 hours. 24 hours equals uh, 1,440 minutes. And 1,040 minutes hold, is, in minutes are 
one day equals 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, and 86,400 seconds. Everybody has that same. Everybody has that same amount of time in a day. A week equals seven days, 168 hours, and 10,080 minutes. Now I didn't do seconds because it gets quite large. A month equals four to four and a half weeks, 30 to 31 days, an average of 730 hours, 43,800 minutes. That's just in a month. Now I want us to look at that clock. And when that hand, that minute, that, that second hand hits the six, I want us to look at that clock and wait and just sit and watch that clock go by for one minute, starting now. Did you realize a minute is that long? I didn't realize it. I didn't do that at home. But done that at home, my body said, I don't have that much time. You had 43,800 of those minutes in the month of December. What did you do with them? In a year, there's 12 months. There's 52 weeks and 365 days, 8,760 hours, and 5,000, sorry, 525,600 minutes in a year. I'll ask the question again. Do you have lots of time? Maybe I should ask the question, how are you spending that time? And maybe that you feel like you don't have a lot of time is because you're spending it for things that burn your time versus things that multiply your time. And we'll get into that a little later. Time is something that God gave us to use to bring him glory, to build his kingdom, not ours. There's a difference there. Building God's kingdom or our kingdom, our empire, our life. Time was created back, you know, we look at time, when was it created? You know, I think back in the garden when God created this world, created this universe, he said he, said he created everything in six days. There you have a reference of time. And on the seventh day he rested. 
The problem isn't that problem is that we don't the problem is isn't that we don't have enough of time. You see, it's what we do with the time God gave us that makes a difference. You have a lot of time this morning. We just witnessed how long a minute was. And the passage that Robbie read, there's one thing that stood out to me in this passage. And I wonder if it stood out to you as he read this passage. For I was a hunger and you gave me to meet. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in, naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. If we're going to give meat, serve food, it's going to take time. You ladies know how that is. It takes time to prepare, to make it, to give it. It takes time to go give someone a drink. It takes time to open your doors to strangers and to invite them in. It takes time to go visit people that are sick and go to our prisons and visit people that are in prison. It takes time. How well are we doing and spending our time? Jesus says, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did have the least of these, one of these, the least of these, did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not unto me. You know, so many times we see, <clears throat> we see the needs around us, but we don't stop and actually let the compassion, the love that we talked about in the prior message, stop us and reprioritize our time. I know I don't, and act out of the need that we see. Turn with me again to Luke 10. Building the kingdom of God with our time. And in Luke 10 here I see the good Samaritan again. And I'm drawing lessons from him again. I can find Luke 10. I see five different sets of people here. And I'm not going to take the time to read this passage this morning. But I see five different sets of people here in this story. And there was a certain man, it says, that went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among the thieves. And this certain man, again, was a Jew. I I like to think he was a wealthy Jew. We talked about this a little bit last, last time. But, you know, this wealthy Jew was going about his day, was doing about, going about his work. He was traveling this road. He had places to do, things to do, places to go to. I see him as one of these people. Another one, another set of people that I see here is the thieves. The evil men, using their time for themselves. To gain selfishly. Using their time to, to wreck the kingdom of God. Destroy it. And I see a certain priest. Here. A well-known, respected man. I like to think. Now some of these details I'm putting in my own words. But I like to think he was a well-known, respected man. 
He had no time to stop and help. He had to get to the temple to do God's work. He had to be on time. So he didn't have the time to help. He had to be on time to make sacrifices, to intercede for the people, to do his acts of service, the calling that he was called to do. But this morning I'd like to look at him and say, where was his focus? Was his focus on building the kingdom of God? Or was his focus maybe shifted from realizing that his work that he was called to do as a priest could be the very, could be the very thing that is keeping him from building the kingdom of God in those divine appointments that God puts him along the way. Because his focus was on making sure that he looks good, that he's on time, that he's doing everything properly. And I don't have time for that Samaritan in a ditch. He wanted to make sure that he stays clean, doesn't defile himself. He was using his time to build himself up, even in his service to God's work. The Levite, I like to think of this Levite as a man that his gift was serving. The Levites were called to be an assistant to the priest in the temple. They were called to do the ones that would get together, that would sing in their services, in their temple, worship. And as he traveled this road, he might have been running a little late already. And the priest, now I, there again, I'm putting some details in that are not recorded in the scripture. But I like to make this story become alive. And as he hurried along this road, he didn't either have time to stop. Because today was the day that the, that the priest had specifically asked him to be the assistant of the afternoon sacrifice. And it was an honor to fill that spot. Not always did he get a chance to do this. And he was not going to let that opportunity go by the wayside. So he passed by on the other side. He might have thought, oh, but it hurts. He went over and looked upon him. Oh, it hurts to see that fellow Jew lay there. But no, I would love to help him, but I can't stop. I got to be dependable. The priest has asked me, and I don't want to make myself look bad and be late. Which kingdom was he building in his acts of service? The priests and the Levites were busy with acts of service, good acts of service, giving of their time. But was it for the right reason? They had no love. They loved themselves more than they loved their fellow man, laying there bleeding. Both of them pass by. And a certain Samaritan comes along. Now this Samaritan wasn't just any ordinary Samaritan. He was a wealthy man. Why? How do I get that out of the scripture? Well, if you look at it, he was riding. He had a beast to ride upon. He had a machine that got places a little faster than the priest and the Levite did. He was gone places. He was traveling in, in, in a way of, of, of speed. 
He was riding along, you know, on this treacherous road. You know, he had an advantage over the thieves because of his, of his way he was traveling. The donkey, I like to think his beast was a donkey. It doesn't say here. Horses and donkeys are very keen at picking up danger. And donkeys especially are very, very sure-footed. When we were back in, you know, when we were in Nicaragua for three years, um, we went back to Waslala a number of times, and sometimes we'd go from Waslala to, to Crusoe or go back into the mountains, and we'd ride donkeys, but there's only foot trails. And you get beside these cliffs and these drop-offs, and you're thinking to yourself, I'd be better off walking. But they tell you, and they told me, no, you're not. You stay on that donkey. That donkey's going to do better on that mountain road than yourself. So I like to think that the Samaritan had an advantage over the thieves. He was, a, he was one that had work to do. He was one that had, was, was wealthy enough to own a donkey. He traveled at that pace. It was a safer way. He was a businessman. But I like to think he also was a very intentional man. He knew that this road was dangerous. He knew that this road was was a road where he might witness somebody that needs need, that fell among the thieves. And what did he do when he went? He went prepared. He went prepared. He took oil and wine with him. He was an intentional man. He was ready when God crossed his paths with the needy. And though his time was precious to him, he looked at opportunities and said, you know, my time is God's time. Yes, I might be a day late to my business meeting. Yes, I might be a day late in achieving what I need to do. He stopped and he took the time to bound up his wounds to address this man. This man that very likely looked at him as an enemy before this account. He sacrificed his time. I like to think that the Samaritan, it wasn't the first time that the Samaritan did this. He cared about building the kingdom of God. And what did it cost him? It cost him a lot of his time. And we'll get more into the next, what else, what are the other things that he cost him. But right this morning when I look at his time, what did he do? did he do in that time we see that he stopped and he bound him up he got dirty he got bloody he got sweaty he got dusty he put this man on his donkey took him to the inn and didn't just drop him off did he he took care of him through the whole night and it says in verse 35 and on the morrow when he departed you see, this man didn't just drop him off and say, now nah, I did my duty. But he, I like to think he took care of him all night long in the inn. This man lost a whole day of his precious time. This morning, would I, would you so gladly give of your time for the messy things, the things that aren't so fun? Do we give as freely of our time for those things as we do for the fun, clean things, things that come along with 
like the priests and the Levites, their acts of service. And it doesn't stop there, does it? He told the innkeeper that when he comes by again, he's going to take the time and stop again to make sure that all is well and he was paid in full. You see, he took more time. He was an intentional man. I look at the Good Samaritan as one that was redeeming the time because the days were evil. Colossians 4, 5 says, Walk in wisdom toward them that, were, that are without. Redeem the time. Ephesians 5, 16 through, 15 through 16. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Letting God use you in the time that he gives you. To take the bad times, the bad things that happen to someone. To take those bad times and make something good come out of it. That's redeeming the time. Just like the Samaritan did here. I love that picture. He redeemed the time. He was, he was giving of his time to redeem the time. This, this poor man was, was beaten and was left dead. Left there to die. And he came along and he redeemed that bad situation. And made something good come out of it. Paul, when he wrote there in Colossians or Ephesians there, he says, isn't telling us, this is from the, from the commentary, isn't telling us to make the most of every moment, even though that is good advice. He tells us to seize the opportunity for the glory of Jesus Christ. It isn't to make the most of time, but, it, to, but to make the most of the time. You know, I talked about earlier about you can't see time. But you can see what you did in the time. Back what you did with the time that you had. And what are the fruits from that time? What do you see come out of that time? What do you see came out of the last months? Of your time. I gotta even look back to see how much time that was. How many minutes that was last month? 43,000? Forty 43,800 minutes of your time that you, you spent last month. What were the fruits from them? Turn with me to Luke 10, 38 through 41. I'm going to read this part. And now it came to pass as they went that he entered into this certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him unto her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much, about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus said and answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken 
from her. Are you distracted with much serving this morning, like the Levite and the priest? Martha was distracted here with much serving. Martha did nothing wrong in working hard for Jesus. That was good. Her problem was that she became distracted with much serving. She was distracted from Jesus. She was distracted from the very feet of Jesus in her acts of service. Another piece from the commentary. There are many people who become crabby, irritable, in the service of the Lord like Martha was. It is easy to look at all we do and to criticize those who don't do or don't seem to do as much as we do. But Martha's real problem wasn't Mary. It was Martha. She had become distracted and had taken her eyes off Jesus. Both were spending time. One was serving, becoming irritable at her sister for not helping her. And the other one was spending her time at the feet of Jesus. We can do all kinds of good things. We can give so much of our time in the work of the Lord. But that work can be the very thing that distracts us from taking time to sit at the feet of Jesus. That thought, as I pondered on that, I had to think of 1 Corinthians, and I paraphrased it here. And though I bestow all my time to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profits me nothing. Maybe Martha's love for the master wasn't quite as deep as, her, as Mary's love. You see, the work that we find ourselves doing, even if it's good work, can be the very distraction that takes us away from the feet of Jesus. Martha's frustration, a quote from Spurgeon, Martha's frustration is typical for those who diligently serve with good intent, but forget to also sit at Jesus' feet. Martha's spirit says, if the work is done, is not all? Is that not all? The Mary spirit asks whether Jesus is well pleased or no. All must be done in his name and by his spirit, or nothing is done at all. You see the picture that I see in the Good Samaritan parable? Jesus told Martha, Thou art careful and troubled about many things. But this one thing, he says, Mary has chosen the good part. And it shall not be taken away from her. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. To inquire in his temple. Psalms 27, 4. Are you desiring that one thing? You know, this morning I needed revival in my own heart for this very thing of how I used my own time. I needed to refocus my priorities. 
I need to take more time to sit at Jesus' feet. And out of that, do, do the service, do the things that God has called me to feel. If we would be strong for service in the strength that prevents distractions and unrest, we must know what it is to find time amid all the duties of life to sit at the feet of Jesus as his disciples. A quote from Morgan. You know, our great example, Jesus Christ, he needed those times alone with his father, didn't he? He went out on the mountain and, and, and sometimes alone. Many a times it says in his ministries, he went alone to talk with his father. Amid all the miracles and amid all the acts of service and amid all the teaching, he still needed that alone time to sit at the feet of his father. And this morning, don't we ever ever so much more needed we of his people take heed to yourselves lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with suffocating and drunkenness and the cares of this life and so that the day come upon you unaware you know the cares of this life there's so many cares but you know those cares of this life aren't cares if we do it in the light at the feet of Jesus they become an honor to do the service that he calls us to do. But the cares of this life will drown us out if we do it on our own strength and we try to do them without being connected and being spending time at Jesus' feet. First Peter 1.17 If you call on the Father who without respect to persons judges according to every man's work past the time of your sojourning here in fear fear of God we're going to be judged upon every how we spend every minute of our time whereas you know James 4 14 whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow for what is your life it is even a vapor it, that appeareth for a little time and then it vanishes away Are you spending your time that God has given you? How are you spending it? God has entrusted us with this time that he has gave us. You know, really, it's not our time. It's God's time. And he's calling us to use it for him. How are you spending it? Are you building his kingdom? What's burning up your time? And this morning as I reflected and as I sat and as I pondered that question on my own life, what is burning up my time? I had to be honest with myself, and I had to go here. And with the things that Dathan's talking about, technology, and the many things we can get wrapped up in. Is it burning your time? Is your phone, is, your, is the sports, is all the running to and fro burning up your time? You have no time to sit at Jesus' feet. 
When your time and energy is placed at Jesus' feet, He will multiply it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6, 33. But when we spend our time for ourselves to lift me up, to go after what I want, wasting time on things that aren't pleasing to God, we will never, never have enough of time and will always feel exhausted and spent. God is calling us this morning to be good stewards of his time that he has allotted us. He's given us each a space of time to fulfill, to live our lives, to fulfill his glory, to promote him. You know, we look at these gravestones out here, we see two dates, and we see a dash between them. That's the dash of time that person lived. That was his allotted time. And this morning, you and I, we were born with the allotted time. We were born, and God knows when our time is up. And there will be no more time for us to be here on this earth anymore. We will be held accountable for how we spent that allotted time. Will you be rewarded for using it wisely, like the passage Robbie read? You see, you have just that time. Your time is fixed. Maybe you're afraid this morning to spend time, the time that God has given you. Maybe you're afraid to step out in faith and trust God and act out of the things that he's calling you to act. Was you afraid like the, the parable of the talents? You're afraid to spend it unwisely so you bury it. You waste it. God is calling you to, to invest. To reinvest that time back to him. He will multiply it. He will give you what seems like more time. We don't have to go on the mission field. We don't have to go on service somewhere. We don't have to go somewhere and fulfill something great to be useful, to be fulfilled, and to be satisfied. Those things are good. Those things have their place. But God is asking you and me to give of our time now where he has called each one of us to in the everyday today things. In your work. In your responsibilities as dads in the home. In the callings that the church has called you to. In cooking. In serving. But doing it as unto him. Not knowing us as men, we're not driven to work for the last dollar. Can we use our work as, as a privilege that God has blessed us with work to spend our time interacting with the community, interacting with those 
along this road from Jericho to heaven. And as we go this road, can we give the time when we come across things? Are we moved with love and compassion and set time aside from our busy schedules? Because we're building God's kingdom, not ours. And God brings those divine appointments to us. You know, I had to think of the trip to Tennessee. It felt like we just blew a lot of time at that trip. Car broke down, two days of messing around. And I felt convicted that morning after being without a vehicle the day before and it, going back in the shop the next morning. I won't go into details because I don't want to spend the next hour. But the next morning as I went back to the same shop, after I gave him, it felt like a lot of my resources, money, to fix a problem that wasn't fixed. I went back to the same shop, frustrated. And as I sat in his dirt floor lobby in that shop for another six hours that morning, waiting on him to fix that part that he put in wrong, I was convicted. I had overheard a conversation with the, the lady that run the shop and her brothers that run the shop of the family disputes. It was quite entertaining. But as I sat there and as I heard them, I had to think, did God want me to sit here and hear this? Because I was grappling for a reason for this all. And I remember telling God, I told God, if there is a reason, if there's a divine appointment here, could you just show me? Because I, I don't I want to get on with the things that we need we wanted to do. And after her brothers had left the, the, the lobby, in almost in tears, she said, You probably don't have that kind of fights and squabbles in in your workplace or in your family. I was struck. The conversation for the next half hour to 45 minutes where it went. Divine appointments. Times we get frustrated at the time that we lose, that we're wasting, and we lose the very times the opportunities that God puts in our way. <clears throat> Where are my priorities? What do I care the most for? Keep my schedule or be available when God wants me to be at certain things at certain places even though it feels like a waste of time. Another thing that I thought of this morning as I sat and I pondered, that God is such a good God. He has ways of multiplying our time when we seek Him first and we take the time to spend and sit at His feet. 
You know, when God called me to the ministry, I wasn't sure how all of this would work out in t- having enough of time. With the demands of business, demands of, of, of things that, that I already had on my lap, I felt like I didn't have the time or the justice to do things well. But this morning, God knew all that. He did. You see, God was working behind the scenes, and he blessed my team. He blessed our workplace with a team that was intentional, that was willing to be used of God, that was willing to spend their time in the workplace, to be committed to the work, to be committed to carry out the duties. And as they took more upon themselves, took more of my responsibilities from what I had in the workplace. And they did did it because, not just because it was the best thing for work, not just because it needed to be done, but they did it as unto the Lord. That's how God multiplied my time. He did it through my workers. Through my team. So a big thank you to my team. That's how we do. That's how God multiplies our time. He does it through each one of us as we fulfill those spots in our workplace, in our community, in our church, in our schools. As we fill them well as unto him, building his kingdom with our time. He multiplies our time. But if we do it just because it needs to be done, you will have no energy. You will have no strength. As we give more of our time for those things, Remembering taking the time to spend at Jesus' feet enables us and multiplies our time for those things that God calls us to. Luke 16, 10 and 11. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is also unjust in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous manner, who will commit to the trust who will commit to your trust the true riches? We're faithful in those little things that God calls us. We'll be also faithful in much. Let's be intentional with our time. Be good stewards of our time. Faithful stewards of God's time that he has blessed us with. Remember we only, we are allotted just so much of time. Between the time we're born the time we die. What are you doing with that slash called time. Let's stay focused on building God's kingdom, not our own, with our time. Be intentional. Jesus told the, the lawyer in the Samaritan's account, he said, go and do thou likewise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. The last question I have for myself and for you all If you keep spending your time like you have in the last month, 
the last day, in the last week, in the last month, in the last year? Will it accomplish? Will it put you what you are looking for? Will it accomplish what you're looking for? And will it take you and promote the kingdom of God? Will take you to where you want to go? Let's kneel in prayer. Father, we chart in heaven. We come to you this morning. We thank you again this morning for being in our midst. And Father, we just owe everything back to you. We, we of ourselves are nothing. And God, we could be that man on the side of the road that needed to help. And Father, we were that man that was left to die until you sent your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus taking the time for leaving the glories of heaven and giving it all up and taking the time to come down and to redeem the time. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us a way. We commit our lives to you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.